This is Greater Together, a podcast designed to give listeners an inside look at how small business owners grow and evolve over time to become greater. I'm Rachel Kershaw. I'm here today speaking with Brandon and Bruce Jones, and I've worked with you guys on Startup Week, Techstar Startup Week here in Columbus, Mm -hmm. but we're actually talking today about Black Hat, which I think brought you to Startup Week, um, and and I'm very lucky to have met you guys there. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about Black Hat and what it does? Yeah, so Black Hack uh, is an entrepreneur support organization. Uh, we created it three years ago. Uh, we had a startup of our own. We were navigating the startup scene and ecosystem to figure out how to launch our startup. Uh, we got plugged into a lot of other organizations. Uh, we were going to Startup Week, going to Startup Weekend. Um, we were going to start grind events. Um, and we saw that, you know, each time we were the only black people in the room at all of those events. Uh, so we felt that, you know, there was a huge gap um, and we needed to not only bring more black people into the space, uh, but get those spaces that we were already in familiar and comfortable with seeing more black people in the space as well. So kind of bridge the gap for two audiences. Absolutely. Um, so we, we started with a partnership with Rev One. We did our events every month there. Um, we started to expand and grow outside of Columbus, launched a chapter in Cincinnati, launched a chapter in Cleveland. Uh, we knew from the beginning we wanted to kind of create a statewide presence um, and make sure that we just drive home the importance of diversity and inclusion. And I felt like we did that. We accomplished that within the first year. Um, we had you know over a hundred or so people coming out to our you know first few events, and we've been able to stay consistent for the most part every single month. Uh, we've been able to plug into a lot of other resources, um, support other organizations, you know, getting black and brown, whether it's founders connected to um, resources and capital, find talent. Um, get some, you know, introductory or uh, level of um, legal work done, connect them to accountants and financial planning. Um, And then we've also been able to focus on workforce development, plugging these same people that come to our event who are looking for work. We, you know, we highlight each one of our events. We have now started to venture into those startups who are successful raised a few rounds and are looking to expand and and grow their team. So now we've been able to partner up with them, introduce the same audience to workforce opportunities and get jobs. And some of them have applied and actually got accepted. Um, In the very beginning, we were instrumental in helping some founders get plugged into some accelerators and get some introductions to VC. So overall, um, our mission has just been able to, you know, Educate. Create, yeah, educate, connect, and inspire, and uh, that's what we've done. Yeah, and I think the uh, the workforce diversity initiatives are pretty broadly spread across. I think everybody's aware, and mm-hmm. that's the thing everyone should be working on. But it is a hard problem, so it's neat to feel like you guys are taking it from a different angle and actually creating these diverse companies mm-hmm. for people to get plugged into as well, and yeah. then sort of helping the rest of the startup ecosystem here bridge the gap. Right. So when you were first starting out, you said you started sort of as a events company before anything to do with Black Hack started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you knew how to throw events, which is yeah. a lot of what Black Hack does. Yeah. But what was scary back then and isn't anymore? Well, because our, our, like, like uh, Bruce had mentioned, our background 
before we even got into startups was promoting. You know, we, we started out doing team parties in high school all the way up to 18 and over and 21 over events and pretty much all the clubs in Columbus. Uh, we were running with our guys at Finesse Music doing events on a nightly basis. I mean, managing For Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday Sunday, Sunday so four I mean, days. Every four week days we week. were creating a new theme. Mm -hmm. We were targeting a different age demographic and doing events on a weekly basis. So managing four events every single week, even at that time, was pretty easy for our group when we were doing it. So in the we even started doing national acts too. Yeah, we even started doing national acts and concerts and kind of even going on road trips with, with them. So when we saw that and then we saw when we first got introduced to the startup space, everything was event focused. So all of the networking is focused on events. Um, so we started looking at the key stakeholders that were moving and driving this ecosystem as party promoters. And they were the ones that were getting all the recognition, they had all the relationships, and we said, okay, well, how can we now become party promoters in this startup tech space? And we didn't, we wanted to kind of almost change the networking aspect of yeah. like dressing up, you know, in suit and tie, and then handing out the cards. So we were like, you know, how can everybody just come as they hustle, mm -hmm. you know, listen to whatever music that you want to listen to, whether it's rap, you know, rock, whatever, yeah, um, whatever is like inspirational are, in that yeah, way mm -hmm. to, to keep that hustle mentality, you know, that's what we brought to, to the Black Hat Network. Yeah, and it's so the, I think the first thing that we thought about, which was not necessarily the scariest, but it was somewhat nerve-wracking, um, and I think a lot of people kind of struggle with this at times when you're introduced to a, a new space is... One, making sure that you can be authentic and be yourself and fit in. So um, not wearing a suit when you show right. up for the meetings. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, well. Again, when you look at startups, um, a lot of those, a lot of the startup founders are not traditional anyway. Right. So, not into suits so either. we were actually <laughs> right. So we were actually uh, welcomed with a lot of people who accepted that portion because a lot of people we did meet a lot of people who were like. Oh, nobody's in in the suit. Nobody's like you know. Nobody's looking really like like their business you know uh, minded. But when you actually sit and talk to somebody and know that they have a lot more knowledge than how you proceed and when you first met them, uh, it, it, it takes a whole different route into the whole networking experience. So yeah, I think yeah. a lot of tech people sort of deliberately dress down actually yeah. because right. they can yeah. it's yeah. sort of the spoils of being good at their job is that they can dress that right. way yeah, right. you definitely right. take advantage of it so I think when we brought that to the table um, a lot of people loved it and then we mixed in the music it was different so. yeah. but like Brandon was saying you know um, I would say that the main stress was really just again the partnerships because we knew once we once we released this type of networking out that there were going to be other groups and other people who wanted to, to get into that space. So we had to beat a lot of people to the partnerships, to to the networking, to the real part of the networking. So for me, that was really how do we hurry up and get the, you know, Rev Ones, the Jump Starts and everybody else to buy into what we brought. Well, and talking to VCs can be intimidating. So, I mean, maybe scary is the wrong word here, but... How intimidating was it to go talk to venture capitalists who often do wear the suits right. and have the fancy offices and try to get them on board for a 
casual it, networking event with lots of music. <laughs> for us, it, it was really intimidating until we understood when you have somebody introduce the right introduction, it just make it makes everything easy. So when we when we had the right people, Ryan Frederick, he he was a big advocate for us. Going into the meetings were were easy. You know, um, yeah, same thing. They're already in, ready in, to in say Cleveland. yes. Depending on the introduction and the relationship and their credibility, those meetings are already a yes. Right. You just now have to bring yourself, your authentic self, and 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 follow through with what someone's already sold them on. And I can imagine that Ryan Frederick, because he's you know the starter Brian. Yeah, yeah the, he's got a, this great startup of his own, <laughs> right. right? Yeah, I can imagine where he would make a good introduction. But how'd you meet him? So when we had our uh, startup, so we actually, um, who do we, did we talk to? The, to Alex Brown. Alex, Alex Brown, yeah. introduction to Ryan Frederick. Yeah. Uh, and we first went up to AWH offices in Dublin and met with Chris Sleep. And Chris um, loved the conversation and, and we kind of instantly kicked it off with Chris. And Chris was like, uh, let's do a follow-up and let's get Ryan in here. And we met Ryan. Uh, he's a fellow Gemini. We knocked it off instantly and been cool since. And then, you know, we basically started just hanging with Ryan uh, really tight. You know, he's introducing us and, and taking us to all kinds of events in Columbus. And mm-hmm. He basically told us we needed to come out to uh, a startup week holiday kickoff event. And there's when we met um, Brian. Brian Zerker. Um, and Brian at the time was an organizer uh, for Startup Week, and we were there. Um, Brian had us pitch that night. We were the only ones pitching anything, I think, that night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was me, Bruce, and I think two other black people in the room. And. Uh, yeah, my little brother. Yeah, was startup one week. Is, <laughs> it's gotten better over the it's years, and I think yeah, I think you is. guys have a lot to do with that. Yeah. So. <laughs> but so, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, but so at that event is I think when the final light bulb went off, and at that event because it was an excellent event. Because actually, when before that event, I think the week before, we were talking about doing something at a coffee shop. Yeah, and we're like, because we got tired of talking to each other. Yeah. Like, hey, <laughs> like, I'm telling this guy everything he's telling me everything and we're like man you know what we need to talk to other people and then also at the time we saw on uh, Facebook that there were a lot of black people talking about uh, apps they had an app idea mm-hmm. they wanted to get into the space and we at the time were still just learning the space so um, so like Brandon said when we went to the startup week pitch event it was just a big light bulb and yeah. like, we need to do it tomorrow and then the next day, we sat with Ryan. He broke down startup grind to us, and then we're like, you know what? We can do this. So what What did you pitch that night? Did you actually pitch Black Hack, or did you pitch something else? No, we pitched Flix. Flix. So Flix yeah. was our original idea for a startup. Uh, it was a streaming platform. It was the black version of Netflix focused on black content for a black audience, going after all of the licensed content that Netflix and everybody else was leaving on the table. Um, we figured we'd create a business model out of that, solve a distribution problem, and create a huge chunk of revenue and subscriptions. We still thought that you know it would work, but the problem was we could not get the funding to stand up the platform, which is why we were kind of jumping into the ecosystem and going around pitching. Um, you know, the number one thing we kept hearing was it's not a market fit. 
you know, you're we, like, we're the market. Right. We want right, this. Right. right. <laughs> so it's not a market. Mind you, everybody fit. that we pitched the idea to uh, when we're when we're breaking down the pieces of content, they only resonated with Fresh Prince. So we're like, okay, really? Ouch. <laughs> Out of maybe twenty thousand pieces of content, yeah. only one is is uh, Fresh Prince. So we already knew our backs were against the wall on, on uh, pitching to certain investors and, and people, especially here in Columbus. So. Yeah. So our idea uh, that we pitched at the startup week event was uh, Flix. Um, you know, everybody kind of loved the pitch, but they weren't able to support the pitch. Yeah, um, it's not cheap to buy content. Yeah. I mean, Columbus is real hard when you're talking about entertainment, period. So we knew we had to go out, get out to L.A. or, or New York. Um, but at the time, we didn't have the funds to yeah. just bounce back and forth from, you know, New York and, and L.A. Yeah. Um, but we did have a lot of... Um, Network and a lot of people that we we met through uh, LinkedIn that we we were trying to get to, but again at the same time we, we just didn't have the funding to get out there. Um, and then when we came up with Black Hack, it was it was easier. It was just something that we knew we could stand up today, and we can get a lot of traction with it. Uh, we can build our our network up, which is what we did. Um, now we're talking to NCT, Loud Capital. Uh, Mark Kwame, you know, um, everybody at Rev One knows us. So, you know, it, it's a, it was a benefit. We knew uh, it was either Flix or Black Hack. And I remember we were, I think, sitting with Ryan. And Ryan yeah. told us, like, hey, you guys got, you guys have to pick. Pick which one you guys want to go, go with. So we're like, all right, we're just going to do Black Hack and see where it takes us. So once we did that, we just never looked back, mm-hmm. really. I mean, we still have Flix, you know, on... on um, there's a business page right up somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we we have flicks somewhere, but you know that that we probably won't get that up and running until everything else is is going. So. Well, I mean, you know, you said that the flicks idea. People said there wasn't a market fit, but mm-hmm. it sounds like Black Hack was the product you guys needed in order to even figure out how to pitch flicks. Right. Like if Black Hack had existed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, again, we we didn't have. Outside of like Startup Grind and Ryan, we didn't have anybody breaking down how to stand up a startup. Um, we heard, we saw, but again, nobody that really looked like us. Right. Um, so we were just going through the motions for real with, with our first startup, winging it. Uh, winging it. <laughs> Figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. So you yeah. can show others how to do it. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. And that, and that was one of the conversations we had too about when we were, you know, putting together um, Black Hack. Um, we always talked about, you know, investors. Once we, you know, started getting those consistently for Flicks, we started, you know, we started realizing real quick that all of these investors are investing in these founders, um, not more so less the, the idea, um, but they're also building a relationship with them first. And we didn't have relationships with any of these investors. Yeah. So we said, okay, we need to be on a relationship. Or someone that has a relationship with the investors. Right. So, so we needed to build those relationships first. Yeah. And we said that from day one, that's what we would do uh, with Black Hack is use that to build those relationships. So that way, um, other black and brown founders who come through the pipelines that we create can leverage our relationships, our introductions, and can also get funding, access to funding, 
and then even in the future, we're able to come through our own pipelines to get funding for whatever startup we could create that makes sense for the market and, and therefore. Yeah, because a lot of it is just being in the right room. It so, is. you know, mm-hmm. trying to make it easier for people to find that room. Right, you're right. It's awesome. What did you spend a lot of time on at the very beginning of Black Hack, but now not so much? It was basically uh, the chapters we wanted to grow uh, and scale. But we did have a lot of people uh, wanting to stand up a chapter in their city. But once we were managing, once we had uh, Cincinnati and Cleveland, in the managing part of that, it, was, it just took a lot of energy. And we're like, if this isn't, if we're having this same type of problem, like with energy, in, in Ohio, already, we already know what New York is going to bring, what Philly is going to bring, what uh, Atlanta is going to bring. So we were just like, okay, let's just scale back a little bit. Let's think about, you know, managing for another, you know, another couple years before we think about really allowing someone else to take our brand in a whole other city, a whole other state. So. Yeah, because the hardest part about that is we, at the time, we were trying to scale we were trying to find the perfect chapter directors or person that could stand up a chapter without us having to kind of hold their hand and, and basically run it ourselves. And when you're doing that, you're looking for someone who already has relationships with partners, already has a handle on sponsorship, um, has some promoter experience that can actually do monthly events consistently and trying to find all of that in one was difficult. Um, there, I mean, we had probably like 10 or 12 potential chapters that we could have stood up um, off of just sheer passion. But as far as execution of not having to do everything, right. it, it just, we, we had to cut that and let that go, that idea go. We had, we had a lot of party promoters, uh, a lot of people who understood, like Brandon said, like just event planning but they didn't understand startups and tech. Yeah. So they could bring certain type of, you know, business owners in, but they had no collect uh no relationships with startup founders. So again, when it comes down to the energy, me and Brandon had to to now have to go all the way to New York to help find those type of uh founders. It just we just didn't have the energy at the time to 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 do any of that. Um, so yeah, so that would be the hardest thing for me was just finding the right people. So, you know, we have a network of um, startup founders. You know, basically what makes the ecosystem. So you have startup founders, you have entrepreneurs, support organizations. So there are other um, organizers that have their own events um, that we kind of rely on to help share and reshare. Uh, events and upcoming events um, but we also have you know you have your partners like Rev1 and your venture firms like NCT and Loud who you know you can kind of rely on if you need to reach out to them for a speaker or you need a place to host an event um, they're always willing to kind of chip in and, and cover food and expenses um, for putting on the event but you also have other uh, vendors who are small businesses and startups that you know have some of the same services as well are always willing to, to plug in and support. So how long did it take to sort of get to the place where you've got this network you can count on? Uh, I would say probably about a year and a half, almost two years. I mean, we've been doing it for about three years. When we, when we actually first started, we, um, 
we relied heavily heavily on um, friends, people that we knew. And then as that grew and people started seeing what we were doing with Black Hack, then that's when we started seeing a lot of other people uh, just want to say, hey, I want to help out. Can I speak? Can I do this? Can I do that? So. And these days you said there's like startups that want to get in on it. Right. Do you try to give them a little preference, show them a little love, help them get started? Yeah, Mm -hmm. we do. Uh, You know, and I think that's what our platform was about in the beginning and still is, is is making sure we highlight those founders who um, have, you know, they started their journey already, have a little bit of traction, but need a little bit of more light shed on them. Uh, to bring some more awareness of what their startup is or what it is they're trying to solve. So we always leverage any founder that wants to be highlighted and um, at least has a story to tell. You know, we, we're always great at being able to shake their story. So the third question is, what did you let go of? What did you let somebody else do or what did you outsource to a professional? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think we let go of anything right now. Um, Still a two man show. It's still a two man show. I mean, we're doing um, more stuff now, so we're doing a little bit more in, in the VC. We're we're more in the VC realm now. Uh, talking about a, a hub. Um, I mean, we're just active in other spaces, but as far as like just letting Black Hat go to other people, no, not yet. Uh, no. We do have a chapter director, Kevin yeah. Lloyd. Um, he's been real. He's been real good. When did you bring that? When did you bring on a chapter director? Uh, it's about a year ago, yeah. if not a little bit longer than that. Um, I think be maybe two years now. Yeah, probably about two years. So Kevin is always um, supported Black Hack. Uh, he has his own uh, companies that he uses to market. Uh, so uh, Mile is a startup that he uh, has been working on for a little while, and Columbus Black is uh, a media publication that he started years ago. Uh, I almost want to say a little more than 10, 10, more than yeah, 10 more years. Than 10 years. Um, so we, we kind of partnered up with him day one to just help bring awareness to the space and leverage him, and he leveraged us to get to where we're at. And then it just made sense for him to help facilitate those events. So um, instead of us hosting an event, doing the fireside chats, marketing, and doing everything else, we were able to delegate some of those tasks to Kevin as a chapter director. So now he helps with bringing in sponsorship. He helps bring in uh, venues and potential speakers as well. So sometimes if we're still waiting on a response, Kevin will come up and say, hey, I've already got one lined up. Let's go. And then we'll pull the trigger. We go. Marketing is already out there. And it, it does help out uh, move things 10 times faster having chapter directors and then and just people that you can kind of delegate things to so yeah so yeah I'll say one person <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like he was a strong partner that got an official job is there any other things that are ever taking up so much of your time that you're just thinking if we could find another person we could rely on like Kevin we'd absolutely bring him in Mm, yeah, well, at, at, at one point, we were focused on scaling Black Hack to the point where we wanted it to be 50 in chapters. every city, yeah. 50 chapters, um, but just managing Ohio alone was enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, you know, maybe fo- if we could, I'd probably hire somebody or find somebody who wanted to manage the three cities. 
and then we scale it even more. Scale it even more. As we, you know, focus on launching some of these other ventures and resources to support Black Hat, uh, I feel like we're we're right now at the point where we're building out a true uh, underrepresented ecosystem for Columbus. Um, we have some things that are all inclusive to support that, but you know, getting those things off the ground as well as still focusing and and, and keeping Black Hat consistent. So, what is next for Black Hat? Or for Bruce and Brandon Jones in general. Yeah, so what's next for Black Hack is we're working on the next phases of our resources. So we always knew day one Black Hack. We wanted to build a community, connect those pipelines, and build those relationships. But we also, um, day one, um, through our hurdles of launching Flicks and not having the funding, we always knew we wanted to knock down those doors uh, of access to funding. Um, so now we're working on phase two, which is to stand up a, a pre-accelerator program. That pre-accelerator program is going to be called Venture Combine. Um, and that will be a, a accelerator program that will infuse startup founders, underrepresented founders, with up to 25000 in capital, but also be able to still uh, make those connections to other accelerator programs as well as connecting them to as many resources and tools needed within the community and ecosystem, um, but removing that friends and family round that underrepresented founders struggle with the most, um, and then giving them the space and and time to really uh, fully commit to their idea and launch something scalable. So that is one phase that we're working on, and then we're also working on... um, building out a home for these same underrepresented founders. So uh, a co-working space where these founders can convene and network and build relationships um, and still utilize those same resources. So I know for Bruce and I, when we were working on Flix, but as well as working on Black Hack throughout the years, still a minority... In a lot of these spaces, and like Bruce was about to say, go ahead, you can say it. Oh, I was just going to say, we call it the back cave. We call it the back cave. We feel like we're, we're still in the, the, the back cave and been in the back cave for years where you're kind of just at home or in the basement and in the comfort of your space to kind of hack and, and dive in. And, and we, we actually think a lot of black yeah. um, founders are in at their homes um, in the basement. So I think. I think a lot of founders in general, in general start, right, start in right. the spare bedroom yep. in the basement. Right. But I do agree that there's certainly differences in which mm-hmm. percentage of which kind of entrepreneur is able to move into a co-working space right. traditionally. Right. Exactly. Right. So, mm-hmm. And that's what we want to do. We want to bring these founders out of the back cave into a communal space to where they can understand. We can teach them the small nuances of what co-working is what startup is, how to build those relationships and actually leverage and scale at the same time. Um, and, and so that's for us is always building out that black and brown ecosystem um, and then plugging into all of the rest of the resources that are in that ecosystem. And I still have an office at home. I might start calling it the Bat Cave. Call it the Bat Cave. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we either call it the Bat Cave or going rogue. Yeah, going rogue. <laughs> going rogue. So 
what you're trying to do with this next phase is instead of people sort of borrowing all the money they can from the friends, family, and fools, as the <laughs> saying goes, yeah. um, you're giving them a sort of pre-accelerator place mm-hmm. to, to sort of get funding, but is there also you know, some sort of... What else do they get besides funding? So they'll get, so with fun, they'll get funding. They'll also get a 12-week curriculum. Uh, every week we're talking about something new that will help them launch and scale their startup. Um, we, with the pre-accelerator, you know, we get to, they had the opportunity to look at everything from an idea concept stage, um, but also those are already in the market who have um, some type of MVP and are looking for first customers or maybe they need to, uh, they need help with, you know, launching their MVP or their platform. Um, so they're going to get curriculum, they're going to get mentors, they're going to get introductions, um, they get access to any relationship we have. Um, we're going to take them on a tour uh, over the 12 weeks, um, still just, you know, giving them opportunities to pitch and be comf- get comfortable with getting so in front of investors. A tour of the local VCs. Local and other VCs players. and uh, uh, nationwide. Nationwide. So so nationwide, too. Whatever, you know, depending on, you know... Um, how much we can build into the curriculum and have access to is what they'll have access to. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like your curriculum is going to try and help them not be intimidated or scared. Yeah. It's going to try and help them not waste time on mm-hmm. the things that don't matter so much. Exactly. Just spend it right. building relationships and going out and finding the help they need. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. The main thing is getting comfortable talking, you know. When you're in the back cave and you come out for the first time and you see daylight, you know, you kind of freak out and forget how to talk to people. And or, you, or you think your idea is so hot that, yeah. you know. Um, that you don't listen to feedback. That you don't right. listen to feedback or <laughs> once you do hear feedback, you're thinking somebody's hating on, on your idea or, um, yeah, you're just basically just hating. So, yeah. and that was one of the things that we had to learn to mm-hmm. early on that a lot of people just rip everything to pieces uh, but it actually made the idea even even better for us. Yeah. Because we went back home and we dived right back in. So. Yeah. I mean, hopefully some of it was meant as constructive criticism, but it's still hard to hear. But especially if they're hating on it, it was nice to yeah. turn I mean, that into a win. We come from sport, sport, uh, like sport backgrounds, so um, getting yelled at by coaches and talking about you're sorry and you, yeah, you know you pick it up like sit the bench yeah it's, it's, that was okay. it was nothing it was nothing so I think as an entrepreneur like you said when you come out the back cave with that billion dollar idea and you've studied the numbers and you know you only need one percent of this to get rich and the first time somebody tells you your shit sucks and it's terrible and you'll never raise a dollar and it, you know <laughs> it, it's kind of hard to swallow yeah, that pill yeah. but once you pick yourself back up and go back and study and answer the questions that they ask, then it does make your pitch stronger. So we want, that's what we want to do to, to these founders in this program is beat them up a little bit and uh, get them prepared for what it's like when you actually are asking for money. 25000 100000 a million dollars. People think it's easy, but it's not. It's not easy at all. Um, we used to even think that, like, oh, man, such and such just raised, you know, five million. Just raised some and, money. How know, hard could it, it be? <laughs> yeah, you know, mommy, daddy gave it to him, or you know, whoever. But no, it's people really put in work. Uh, people actually really have something viable. Um, nobody's really giving anybody money for 
fun. Fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, you, you really it's it's a science to it. Yeah. And you have to learn the science, and once you actually learn and figure out the science, then that's the easy part. Um, and like a lot of people say, you know, it took a hundred, you know, no's to get, you know, my one yes. So, and that's some of the science. Like a yeah. lot of founders. Like those hundred no's are hard. Yeah, yeah. it is. It yeah. is. It and is. they can be scary or dispiriting. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but you're right. That's just sort of how it goes. Right. Sort of how it goes. That's yeah. the game. Gotta learn the game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was awesome talking to you guys. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Visit greatertogetherpodcast.com for more episodes, to submit a question for next season, to recommend a guest, and to leave feedback. Greater Together is brought to you by Greater Columbus Consulting, helping focus your vision, organize your operations, and grow your organization. Greater Columbus Consulting specializes in social enterprises, nonprofits that want to capitalize on their strengths, and for-profit businesses that are working towards a higher purpose.